Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Donald Thomas. And we just came yesterday from watching a game that, in my opinion, at halftime, I was ready to go to bed. I mean, it was, I was so mad. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what? This offense can't execute. They have terrible execution in the first half. The defense can't get pressure on Stafford. And they're just doing whatever they want to our defense offensively for the Rams. And it was just awful. And then the second half happened, right? And, you know, forced it over. I had a shot to win it in regulation, right? And just wasn't able to do it. But, Donald, my question, what was your roller coaster ride? Was you feeling the same way I was um, throughout that game yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it was uh... – steady drop the first half right it was just we were just tanking um and it was just every nothing was clicking right uh from the get-go the rams came out out the gate and they had it right and you usually can tell um through the course of the game but especially in the beginning who's going to have that momentum who came to play today and it was it was la la came to play beginning of the game um, and so I was like, well, this, this is going to get ugly and it was just getting uglier and thank God for halftime. Right. Thank God for halftime. And I truly believe just from my experience that the Colts went in and did some soul searching and figure some things out. All right. Let's, let's stick, let's stick to our game plan. Guys got behind each other and they rallied the troops. LA went into that locker room and I guarantee you guys were chilling. Maybe some guys may check their phones. You know, the, the focus wasn't there. They thought that they had them. You know, they, these dudes were just done, 20 nothing, and they did not go come back out and take care of business. And you see what happens when that when, when you don't come out and take care of business. You lose. Absolutely, Absolutely man. I, I feel this. Yeah. Uh, before we get into anything further, I just want to remind everyone that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, the biggest stat to me defensively, is the fact that the Colts defense was unable to force a punt until like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was, I mean, it was so late. They could not stop this. We we, we were able to, most of the time, it seemed like the only reason why they were even trying field goals was because they were messing up offensively, right? That they weren't getting their execution. It wasn't that we were getting the pressures and the stops. We got a few of them, don't get me wrong. But it just seemed like that the Rams for three quarters of this game was doing whatever, whatever they wanted right up until Matt Stafford, you know, had that injury to his leg. And, and then and then obviously uh, there was a man. Speaking of that. I've got so much damn respect for Matt Stafford. I mean, for him to gut it out the way he did, because you could tell, man, that he was hurting. 
out there on that field, man. And that was that was pretty impressive. Absolutely. I mean, but that's why he is a leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why he's a leader. That's why, you know, guys will follow him into battle because they know, and if they didn't know, now they know what kind of guy they got, you know, behind center that's willing to go out there and fight when he can barely even walk um, to get his team a, a W. And so, you know, hats off to him, but that's what a true professional is right there. And so him doing that, that gutsy performance right there, you know, as a coach fan, you don't want to see him lose, but you got to respect that, right? Like the the human element of the game and being able to overcome an injury like that when some guys would have packed it up, um, it says a lot. It says a yeah. lot about his character. Yeah, it reminds me a lot. Uh, I mean, I've had respect for him back in his rookie season. I think it was against the Browns maybe when he dislocated his shoulder and then come back in and threw the touchdown, game-winning touchdown, you know, oh, after yeah, the injury. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, and I'm like, that. okay, that tells me all I need to know about this dude. I'm on mm-hmm. his corner the whole year. You know, I I understand I'm a Colts fan, but I mean, you gotta you gotta be an NFL fan too. Um, but so, what did you see in the first half um, overall of why the Colts just wasn't able to move the ball and get points on the board? Um, well, this is the obvious. We couldn't. We got zero push at the point of attack um, up front. Uh, we were just getting overpowered. Um, you know, inaccurate throws, uh, you know, on defense, just poor tackling in the secondary, in my, in my opinion. Um, you know, not enough pressure on the quarterback. I mean, Matt, still, I, there was sometimes where Stafford was able to hold on to the ball for two to three seconds with no one even near him. You can't, you can't give a guy like that that much time. He is a seasoned vet. He is going to find the open target or make a good decision with the football. So, you know, he no one forced Stafford's hand to make a bad throw. And then we didn't do anything on offense, really, in, in the first half, you know, effective enough to move the needle at all, right? Zero points. Um, and so it just looked like the Colts were flat from the jump. Offense, defense, just flat. There was no life in them. Um, and so that was, that was part of it. I don't know. They just didn't wake up. They were still sleeping, in my opinion. Yeah, so halftime comes rolling around, and it seemed like the 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 script was completely flipped. Like the Colts mm-hmm. offensively started clicking, they started uh, uh, executing the plays that they that they were out there, as opposed to like you were saying, just bad passes, drop passes, uh, poor blocking, things of that nature on offense. And in the second half, things switched. Uh, do you? Where do you put why the Colts from one half to the other look so different? Where, where would you point to as the, the the cause of that flip of a switch? Um, this is from my per- playing like player perspective, right? Either you're gonna lay down or you're gonna fight, and so I think the Colts. Um, at halftime really did some soul searching. I think some guys were yelling in that locker room um, and guys responded to it. Guys really responded to it. They turned things up on offense um, and then defense definitely turned things up. And honestly, you know, from a standpoint of playing, um, you know, it was, it's one of those things coaching wise where they were like, okay, like this wasn't working. 
let's change the game plan just a little bit. Let's not get too crazy. And I think they got more basic on offense, in my opinion. They started spreading the ball around um, to different guys. Ogletree stepped up, um, and he had some big catches, um, you know, but I, I just feel like right now with, with the way Anthony Richardson's playing, I think it's taking him time to get comfortable. It's either he's going to have – he's going to come out the gate and have a dominant performance or he has to feel his way into a game, right? And so I think this is one of those games where he had to feel his way into the game um, instead of coming out and just kind of being like that dominant guy from 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 the jump. And that's just rookie rookie jitters and kind of figuring out the kind of player that, that you're going to be and who you are. But he just has to get more confident. I think he got more, way more confident in the second half and really started playing – and honestly, he had some bad throws, but some of the throws were very impressive that he did, that he made. Like, I was like, dang, I didn't know he could swing the ball like that. So, oh, I mean, yeah, so to, to see him get more confident, I think, you know, sky's the limit for him. And then the turnovers, he didn't throw a pick. So you got to take the good with the bad, right? I mean, we didn't get a win, but this guy's not turning the ball over either. Now, that throw to Josh Downs over the middle was a heater. Oh my good. I I was literally I was I was in shock while I was doing my live reaction. I was like, I don't know how Josh caught that football. That had to hurt his hands, you know, because yeah. that, that ball was coming like a came out of a cannon. I yeah. never seen yeah. I've seen Josh Allen throw balls like that occasionally, but this was ridiculous seeing it from a Colts fan perspective because Andrew Luck didn't have a cannon like that, right? No. Peyton Manning, he could throw it early in his career, but not that hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was something that was used to like, wow. And how jo- uh, Downs was able to come down with that was just amazing. He, you were right. He did have a few inaccurate. There was some passes I felt like should have been caught in this game. Uh, one to Alec Pierce, another one to Alec Pierce, where the defender came in and knocked it out the last yeah. second. Yeah. Dude's got to learn how to uh, get stronger at the point of the catch and bring it in securely. Uh, if he's able to do that, I think he's he's going to be a good player for us. But if he can't, we got to have to move on. This is his second season. He's got some more. Uh, he, he's got more training to do, a lot more. And it, Reggie Wayne is his coach, and that was the thing that Reggie was most known for: route running, and his ability, his his strength at the point of catch. You know, not not getting the ball knocked out. Right. That's that's yeah. how I saw Reggie. So he butter really learn from him uh quickly uh, otherwise uh my my patience with alec is, is starting to wear a little bit thin um there was a throw to kylan granson yes i was a little bit just a little bit out i think kylan could have caught it but again it was a heater and it was out there a little bit you know um if it was a little more accurate i think probably would have probably would have been caught kylan generally makes those kind of catches uh just they were just off just a little bit here and there and it really hurt this team and um yeah i think it's just again this is where we have a very young team and you're gonna have times like that right you're gonna have times where you're just like really really lows on the roller coaster right where you're like man things ain't clicking these guys are young they're inexperienced uh and they're gonna make those mistakes and just just as much as you're gonna see the the high points like what we saw in the second half right yeah um 
I agree with that 100%. I think, you know, from the standpoint of the receiving core, mm-hmm. um, you know, those guys are learning from the best, right? Our, hands down, arguably one of the best receivers to play the game. But to be honest, it don't matter if you have the best receiver that ever played the game coaching you. If you can't do something physically, you just can't do it. If you're not the guy, you're just not the guy, right? So, like, a lot of people do have, you know, their their, their moments where they – like like you said, my pace is running thin with, with with Alec, and this is one of those things where we don't have a number one receiver. Like as much as I want Michael Pittman to be the guy, one reception for fifteen yards. Like I mean, like you can't disappear like that. Like we got to. And I think another problem of it is too is I don't think Anthony um, knows who his number one his 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 go to guy is. Like yesterday, we knew who the Rams' go to guy was. I can't oh, yeah. Nakua, however you say his name, like he's turning into the number one guy. And so, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he stepped up. And so like, but that's because Stafford is a seasoned guy and he knows how to find guys and he knows who's going to be that guy to get him a ball. And I just think he's trying to spread the, spread the, you know, spread the ball too much to guys. And, and you're putting guys in positions where that's, that guy's probably like the number three option on a play, but you're throwing him and you're, you're, as your number one guy, he's not the guy for that. He, you want him to catch a ball because he's wide open because they're playing off of him. Not the guy that's got to be tight coverage it's when it's crunch time and you want to give him the ball. And now we're getting upset with Alec Pierce. You see what I'm saying? So like, like if you watch it, like with, 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 with Gardner, right. When, when, when Minshew's in there, he's going to Pittman because he's like, Pittman's a guy in Pittman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, when, but when Anthony's in there, it's more, he's spreading the ball around a little bit more. And I'm and gr- granted Ogletree stepped up and has some, has some big catches, huge catches. You know what I'm saying? He's more of a possession of receiver, in my opinion, than a blocker like Mo Ali Cox is. Right. So, and he realizes that, but you've got to be able to find your number one guy and expose that instead of making guys that are not the number one guy, a primary target. Absolutely. Speaking of Mo, he had that great catch and run that just ran over the defender. Oh, I yeah. was like, wow. First time we've seen a play like that from Mo as a Colts fan in like three years. Uh, so uh, that's what we've been expecting from him for a couple of years now. And he disappeared last year. So mm-hmm. uh like to see more of that from him. I, I, I still, to this day, I say we have probably the deepest tight end group right now in football uh, with with Mo and Kylan and I mean, uh, like you said, Ogletree, we got the rookie Will Mallory and now Jelani Woods has a shot to come off IR, you know, uh, anytime. So that's, I love this, uh, uh, this tight end group for the Colts. It's a lot of tight ends in the building though. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I know, we bet we'll keep them all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that many on one roster. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, defensively Mm. i gotta get all right i didn't see the spark from the defense that i that i've seen all year round that that jump that get off that that like what we talked about with shaquille leonard uh a couple weeks back where you know that just go into it you know full throttle and and trust your instincts and make the play Right. Mm-hmm. That, I, I didn't see that yesterday for most of the game. And on top of that, Gus Bradley, I'm not a DC, mm-hmm. but I am a defensive guy. 
if the opposing team walks down the field two drives in a row to open the game as easy as Matt Stafford and that Rams team does and scores and it's up 14 nothing, and you can't get any pressure on him, you have to change now. Right, you gotta do something to get pressure on him, and he didn't didn't blitz hardly at all in this game, right? And unlike what I saw last week, and we talked about it, where yeah, you're gonna let him, you know, you got to get pressure with your front four, see if you can, but we weren't able to at first, and at that point, I'm like, this is where I would be playing a little more because Safford was eating our zone up. And we weren't getting pressure. Try something different. Try a little. Try, try a little man with 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 send five. You know, send some some hidden blitzes here and there. You know, things of that nature. Now it started to work in the second half, but I'm I'm talking about the first quarter wasn't even over with. I would have I would have made in game adjustments at that point. You know, uh, and I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And. Next thing you know, we're down twenty nothing at halftime, and 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 that's that's just unacceptable. That's just unacceptable for any team, right? So they come out with a game plan they worked on all week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gus Bradley had this all cooked up all week. I feel like Gus felt like um, pressure is only going to help Matthew find a hole quicker and expose us faster than us sit back in a zone, trust our four that have been getting pressure all year uh, to do their job. And so, you know, you say the first two drives, well, I can't throw the game plan out with if the first, if the first two drives don't work, I just can't throw it out that fast. Right. And so a lot of people were, are upset with him, but from my, from, from my standpoint, I'm like, I thought he did a better job of regrouping in the second half. Yeah. The game plan, the defensive game plan was not what we expected um, for the first half. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can say what we want about the game plan. But there's 11 guys out there and somebody's got to make a play. Mm-hmm. Somebody has got to make a play. That's how I look at it from a player standpoint. Like we could point fingers at coordinators and position coaches and all that. But damn it, like you've got 11 guys out there. Somebody's got to make a play. Like, you guys been getting off all year. Front four, we raved about it last week. Pressure on the quarterback. All, now, all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's obsolete. Like, it's just not there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you guys know that this is a veteran guy. If you guys let him allow him to sit back there, he's going to pick you apart. And we said that we had some of the better four guys up there that are getting pressure on the quarterback, and now we're not getting it, but then we want to blame the coordinators for it. It's like, well, we just we practice all week about what we're going to do and what the game plan is, and we got to beat one-on-one matchups up front. And we didn't do that the first half. Really didn't really do it the second half as, as well as we should have once Stafford got hobbled. But we'll get into that, I guess. But what I'm saying is, like, the first half, I'm not – I just – as a coordinator, I, I like, yeah, I got to make adjustments, but I just can't throw it out within the first two drives. Like, yeah, they jumped on top of us. But you, listen, Ben don't break, right? Ben do not break, and they did a good job of doing that. You know, luckily, like I said before, thank God for the halftime. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, one of those guys at the uh, Colts, first off, the run defense was awful. 
Like, I mean, we could not stop the run for nothing. And this is a Rams team that was not running the ball very well uh, throughout the year. And, you know, there, there was questions on whether the Rams would even, you know, look into possibly making a trade for Jonathan Taylor. I've heard rumors about that, you know. Uh, I threw that out the window, though, because I, I still don't think, you know, I've said all year I don't think Colts are going to trade Jonathan. But there was a guy on that offense besides the running game. And you you mentioned him earlier, Puka Nakua. Oh my gosh, that kid! He is wise beyond his years in his route running. I will say that, and and being able to find open spots in a zone, he is amazing. And then I think I had all the hopes in the world. Once the Colts got within eight points of the game, I was like, we have a shot at winning this. Right. We have a shot at winning this. And I, all we got to do is get get it to get a stop, get a touchdown, new, another two point conversion. Everything went exactly the way I thought it was going to right up until overtime. And then I saw Dallas Flowers go down with that injury mm-hmm. and I knew it was over. I knew unless we got pressure on Stafford and made him throw way earlier than what he needed to. Dallas Flowers, once he went down that's a problem because flowers is our speed cover guy. Yeah. You know, on the outside, he's that guy that can do that. And with him out there, not out there on the field, we're down literally our third string guys at that point, because, you know, um, uh, the other guy was benched last week because of poor play. The other outside guy, uh, Baker jr. So, I'm, I was, I was worried and sure enough, Puka, you know, that, that, that touchdown winning drive for, uh, the Rams, Puka wide open, just took it straight down the field and there was no one there that could cover him. It was a broken play. In my opinion, he should not have been that wide open. No. Um, yeah, I don't, and, and I don't know exactly what they're, responsibility was a why it was a broken play um especially in crunch time yeah it's in my opinion like we you can't have those mistakes and that's what's going to separate the good teams from the bad teams and wins wins and losses right and so when you have those you fight back all game to get back in this position and then we have a breakdown in the most critical moments of a, a football game is just so crucial um and but here's the thing though right and so this is what we felt it's not just the one play it's not just that scenario it's a, just a culmination of the whole game. It's a culmination mm-hmm. of everything. It's it's it starts up front on both sides of the football, linebacking play, running back play, quarterback play, receive you didn't gamut, right? Corners, everybody, you can pick and choose a play from every group at any time that we can go back and be like, that was a turning point of the game, that was a turning point of the game. He got hurt, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I'm so I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, like. Yes, it happened in the worst amount, like worst possible time. Puka is a very good player, and he's shown that within the first, you know, four or five, four, five weeks of the season going now into it. He's the number one receiver in L.A. You know, people are like, who the, who the heck is this kid? Um, but at the end of the day, fifth round pick. what is he? What was he? I'm pretty sure he's a fifth-round pick. That middle of the, I'm telling you, those mid-rounds, that three to three to five, three to six, like that's where you find those gems at. Um, and so, like, you know what I'm saying, like, when that happened, I'm like, here, there it is. But we got to step up too. Like I'm not letting anybody off the hook. Like there's certain players 
that like are just that dominant. Now, like Devontae Adams or somebody like that, or you know, you name it, one of these top receivers in the league, like they do what they do. Okay. That's a guy who's doing it. I can't let a rookie come in and do that. Yes, he's fast. Yes, he's a great route runner. But I can I just we can't allow that to happen. We can't. We can't you talk about every position group. If Matt Gay makes that missed field goal, mm. you win the game. You know, earlier that for the it first always right happens there. that way. It always yeah. oh my god. Yeah, it's it, it one play. Yeah. All we needed was one play from each, you know, each each position. Phase of the ball, phase of the, every phase of the ball, everybody played a role in this in this in this ball. Yep. Everybody every played one of them. Yeah. Yep. No one's off the hook. No one is off the hook in this game. Absolutely agree. Uh, we're going to close this out with the AFC South now has four teams tied at two and two. <laughs> what is your expectations moving forward for the Colts in this division? Uh, it, 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 this, it's not a cakewalk. It is not a cakewalk. And I'll say because this, Houston is heating up ever since they lost to the Colts. Mm-hmm. I, and I, if you watch our, our prediction show, I said Houston was going to win that game against Pittsburgh. Um, Houston's starting to look good. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying Houston is, you, you know, let's not go crazy. But I'm saying within the division, Tennessee's waking up and Jacksonville's still a wild card. Yes, two and two and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, this is probably going to be one of the closest division races in the NFL this year just because of the even playing field of all four teams are just kind of just, you know, they're all kind of on the same level. You don't know what you're going to get out of any uh, any one of them any given Sunday. Sometimes they'll come to play and be professional. Sometimes they're going to, you know, stay asleep in, in the hotel room. So you just never know what you're going to get. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to be close. It's not a cakewalk just to win the division and get in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see come down the line, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching this. If you're watching this on YouTube, please smash that like button and hit subscribe. If you're listening to this too, uh, on an audio podcast, like say iTunes or whatever, Apple or whatnot, uh, make sure you leave a review. It helps out a ton. And I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.